0: Registration is now open for our new cohort of Alchemize, a 10-week program of daily creative and imagination practices, as an experimental invitation to sit with the mess and disrupt status quo ways of thinking, sensing, being, and relating. Now that we've completed our first entire run of the program, I am so humbled to get to share with you some words from our alums. GB from our first cohort shared, Conversing with lichen, being lichen, being microbe, an awakening seed, and honeybee has me feeling deeply, exquisitely connected to the world. Alchemize has allowed me to take the time to ground myself so that when I'm out in the role of activist, I can be calm, compassionate, and effective. Another alum, Isabella, shared, I've been a soul adventurer all my life. Alchemize is the most transformative soul workshop I've ever taken, end quote. If you're ready to engage with a lot of the topics that we explore on the podcast in more experimental, creative, and embodied ways, we welcome you to join our new cohort starting on May 6th through our sliding scale enrollment options. Learn more today at greendreamer.com/slash alchemize. And
1: I truly believe and I'm so hopeful that that Alchemize is one of those resources, the reconstruction. If not, this system. What are the natural systems that we are to return to and what can we reinvent? What can we uh, co-create or recreate or transmute together this time?
0: Hey, it's Kamea, and today I wanted to share a bonus behind-the-scenes conversation between myself, Anissa Simahali, who is Green Dreamers researcher and editor, and Gabes Torres, a contributor and our program advisor for Alchemize, which, if you haven't heard yet, is our new eight-week program of daily imagination and creative practices, now open for enrollment until January 12th. In this off-the-cuff conversation, we explore the roles of imagination, escapism, dissociation, and discomfort when it comes to stretching our alternative possibilities. Enjoy. Most people who are familiar with what we've been working on in terms of Alchemize might be aware that part of my intention with it was just my curiosity with what it would be like to move beyond what we usually do for the podcast, which is more so intellectualizing and philosophizing a lot of the issues and, um, topics that we explore, like making sense of everything through the mode of thinking. And so I was curious, like, um, what, what might we know about the differences or the possibilities that come from a more practiced or embodied or interactive mode of engaging with content? The, First thing that came to mind is that there are certain experiences that we
1: can't reason or think our way out of it like as somebody who's whose work is very, you know, my my education, <clears throat> my lived experience, my practice is so focused on trauma and as a therapist for I believe 4 years now um, we've as uh, the industry has heavily relied on talk therapy and um, focusing a lot on behavior, one-on-one sessions, etc. And over time, I realized how uh, you know important it is to process trauma by having a practitioner, a clinician, hold space for you, listen to you, and and that's invaluable. And same as any other modality. A lot of modalities and even theories that I've learned about have its own limitations. And usually trauma has so much to do with relationship, even um, with our bodies, since we are a whole being like a whole human being with a variety, an abundance of systems within our nervous system, (laughs) within our bodies. And so, um, as said earlier um, there has to be an involvement beyond intellect and beyond talking um, that's that would also accommodate or um, accommodate other people who don't mainly find um, talking or reasoning or intellectualizing as the main mode of which they process trauma or their stories etc. Um, so this is kind of like a way of seeking alternatives, even more creatively and expansively, imaginatively, as to how we engage with other parts of who we are. Um, be it the senses, our capacity to imagine and to engage with different stories, um, Again, like leaning into the fuller experience of what it means to be human, which goes beyond reason, logic, and theory. That's Mm. what comes to mind for me.
0: Yeah, that really resonates. And just this idea of like diversifying how we learn and diversifying um, our different ways of knowing and how we can absorb and learn in all these different ways uh, beyond intellect, which... I think disproportionately gets valued in the dominant culture. Um, but yeah, I would be curious what the impacts would be of us engaging in a lot of these topics in different ways. And I guess in a, in a similar vein, I know that a lot of uh, programs kind of operate through this underlying message of like, we know the answers, we know the way, follow us. And our intention with Alchemize is more so like we don't know the way, um, we don't want to feed into solutionism, but come play and experiment with us. And I know that this idea that there isn't necessarily a fixed outcome um, might be discomforting or as we were talking about before this recording, it might feel disorienting because we're leaning into alternatives and kind of unmaking so I would be curious what else you would want to add to uh, right. yeah, this train of thought. Yeah, yeah and I'd be curious to hear what Anisa has to say about this too. But yeah,
1: before we started recording, I was talking about how, not that I hope this, but um, it wouldn't 100% surprise me if participants, even myself as I engage with the program would feel uncomfortable, perhaps even activated because of the invitations that um, go beyond the norm that invite us into a, a different, like a, a, an abundance of ways to imagine our beingness, our, our, how we're situated in the ecosystem. Um, and that being disorienting, as you said, because it steps outside of the status quo um in a way it really does dismantle or expose or challenge this hierarchy of of learning and also as perceiving ourselves as um as supreme above the species which um has been conditioned within um the education realm and in different fields of study So, um, if it does get disorienting or activating for some folks, including myself, in a way, I find that to be, um, and again, I'm, I hold this with, with as much nuance to be a, a sign of transformation because change is so uncomfortable. Mm. (laughs) Change is disorienting, can be disorienting. And in some cases, change can be, um, can be painful, you know? And so I'd like to think that if if there are times when I get activated, when if some of us get activated by some of these invitations, is to consider what, what part of me and my own social conditioning about who I am as a human being, as a member of the ecosystem, which parts of me are being challenged, are being shaken up? What is the internal reckoning that is manifesting in my body and how can i undo that transmute that or no pun intended really like alchemize that mm-hmm. and and how can i shift my way of thinking cuz it it does mean that the body is communicating something and so it must mean in you know in the spirit of of play and experimentation and invitation um, what needs to be recalibrated? What needs to be adjusted if I feel the disorientation? But to not consider that as a sign of weakness, not to consider that as a sign that you have regressed or that you haven't grown and done your work enough, but it's just the ongoing evolution <laughs> of who we are as a species and this ongoing um, process of undoing. Um, all the strong social condition conditioning and codes that we've bought into um, that the system has also imposed upon us, which does include um, human supremacy, human species supremacy, and all these other isms that come along with it.
2: I appreciate you naming, you know, also how different bodies are situated differently under the conditions that we're in and within the context of the structures that we are and have been exposed to you know one thing that you were talking about that has kind of been on the forefront of my mind quite recently is the sense of you know when we think about discomfort or disorientation or dissociation so often um, it might be framed within this context of the discomfort of stretching into like perhaps a wider sense of self or you know in thinking about the body as something beyond just the periphery um, of our skin and, and our porousness and i would just be really curious to hear your thoughts on bringing into conversation this notion that for perhaps many people who are situated differently in the world um perhaps not to overuse this term or co-opt it in any way, but like um, the umbrella of neurodivergence or um, queerness who are maybe find themselves situated or predisposed in a sense to an already very um, expanded sense of self and where the discomfort is to actually kind of like come back into the quote-unquote individual body and, um, which I'd love to talk about, you know, maybe the subtle tease of that porousness in that term individual um, later down the line. But yeah, just really honoring like one's kind of unique configuration within the context of like when we talk about these ideas of um, porosity or expansiveness or um, yeah, even just being multiple bodies or how our bodies are communities within communities within communities yeah i i again want to thank you for for naming that and for also um dropping in this notion that we're all um we're all situated differently our our brains are wired differently our chemistries are different and um at the same time you know there's this really beautiful and radical sense that healing and um, embodiment is also a collective and more than human, multi-species process. Yeah, I really love that. Thank you, Anissa. That those are such important
1: questions and considerations. I, I particularly love the um, <laughs> just the invitation to um, to to be mindful of, of participants who have different relationships with their bodies in the context of neurodivergence, queerness, um, even with disability, that every not everybody has uh, like a, a default set of questions when it comes to relating with one's body. And some have had to contend with these questions earlier on in their lives because of their social identities, because of their social positions and because of their relationship with their bodies, or rather their relationship with the system in light of how the system has treated their bodies or mistreated their bodies. Some folks are ahead of this conversation because they had to um, um, in the conversation around bodies. and what I'm so mindful of, too, in light of porousness and expansiveness, is that the beauty of, of um, the the beauty and also the struggle. Um, and I speak for myself as a queer person and who's still figuring out her gender identity. Is that um, I see a lot of the struggle and the beauty in not landing. Like I will, I will um, never arrive. Mm-hmm. Rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never arrive. And there's, of course, like there's, there's, I, I will admit that I won't romanticize it, that there are times when, ah, oh, it would just be so nice if there's some, you know, some certainty. <laughs> but then knowing again, like the expansiveness of the human experience in light of queerness, in light of queer love, in light of, you know, the shifts and, and malleability. Of relationships and one's relationship with oneself, like I'm going to have to accept that um, it's likely that it will never arrive. And I think that that's something that, um, so far, you know, is is what this this program or and what their practices do invite is that's like the element of play and experimentation. Is that we don't have to necessarily come up with concrete outcomes and conclusions recognizing the mystery Mm -hmm. in that um, and also some of the beauty in that um, while also being able to hold a container and have enough of an anchor um, as we continue to explore. Because even in play, we do need um, some terms of engagement, (laughs) some boundary setting as well. But, um, But just the idea and the practice of of accept or, or the rather like the the assurance of not being able to land, um, or arrive at any given take or any given uh, place is like, is not a bad thing. In fact, it could be a beautiful thing, um, to be ever so porous. But I also think about, like, like you said, like the role of community, and co-regulating with community, which can also serve as a container for our explorations. Like, sure, everything is probably going to be a pit stop for me, and that not being wrong. And the only way that I can be sustained in those shifts in this ever-evolving life (laughs) and self is the container that is relationships. And I'm looking forward to see um, the parts of this program that do invite collectivity and
0: interdependence and community. I mean, just seeing all the contributors send in their submissions for me has been, has felt really enriching because every contributor interprets our themes in different ways. Um, So I'm just really excited by the diversity of approaches and topics and everything that are coming together and, um, Yeah, some of the ones that we are very excited about receiving now are the ones that are focused on collectivity and collective liberation and so forth. So we're excited to share that with you too. And to take this a little further, I'm also interested in hearing your thoughts on escapism. And I don't know that I have a properly formed question on this just yet, but I'm just thinking about how um, I sense that I feel sometimes maybe a sense of guilt when engaging in escapism when I'm also at the same time conscious of so many urgent issues in the present reality that are asking for my attention and asking for my tending. So what would your reactions be to this in terms of, um, sensing and understanding the role and possibilities of practices of escapism in light of also knowing, uh, everything that's going on in the world that is asking for our um, attention and focus today.
2: Yeah, I I really appreciate this question on many different um, levels because I think there are so many nuances and layers to even just the word escapism and and what that might entail in, you know, a capitalist um, modern society um, as one that is, you know, like one of bypass or one that is non-productive or non-constructive. And for me, I really think about, um, querying that term in a sense, not of deflecting responsibility or, um, accountability necessarily, but really, um, part of the the work and, and part of the practice of, um, undoing and, um, yeah, I I think also, you know, there's this kind of sense that at least I was conditioned with that, um, you know, there's one reality and anything that exists outside of the parameters of that f- framework of what is decided, quote unquote, to be a, you know, um, objective reality that, again, is maybe often framed, at least in the context of Say the quote unquote Western industrialized world as one of like um, contributing to, to capital or society um, in ways that are deemed, you know, um, acceptable or normalized, quote unquote. Um, but really, yeah, just for myself in the past even couple of years and also in the context of my own relationship with. Um, speculative curiosities and mental health and and all that thinking about inviting ways perhaps even playful ways um imaginative ways of including a host of different realities that for me I really want to lean into as ways of um, to borrow Donna Haraway's terms, worlding the world and really co-creating, um, not just our futures, um, and what we envision our futures to be, but really an act of deepening presence and, um, staying with the kind of collective shit (laughs) that is, um, so that's that's a bit of what comes for me um, in light of that question, and I really appreciate you for for bringing it here mm-hmm.
1: thank you anisa that that's um so thoughtful and it reminds me of how the capitalist project didn't leave these ways of knowing and being untouched because I'm so mindful of <laughs> as somebody who is in some uh, some degree, a part of academia, I'm always so mindful of how capitalism really weaponizes in certain ideas, um, and in this particular case, weaponizes on how escapism and dissociation, and escapism through even imagination, storytelling, and myths, leaning into myths to escape, or even like literature, even or fantasy, how there is a particular capitalist function as to why it's usually infantilized, inferiorized, and rejected. And I think it has to do with the fact that, you know, capitalism wants to keep everybody at work, keep everybody working. And to imagine is to move away from the status quo or to imagine possibilities outside of the capitalist status quo. And so to lean into story or an alternative you know, an alternate reality outside of the status quo is threatening to capitalism. So I'm just so mindful too of how that can be, you know, that our conditioning, because I, I know that our conditioning is a, is affected by capitalism. Because um, I, especially in the psychology world, not all aspects of the psychology world, but there are parts of it that give dissociation a bad rep. And we dissociate all the time. In fact, dissociation can be an, can be such a gift and an act of grace from the cosmos, <laughs> an act of grace from our nervous systems. Because if we were present all the time, especially with the global reality that we're living in, we can't stay in crisis for this long. It is unsustainable. It can result in so many physiological ailments, inflammation. If these stressors are not attended through by some, attended to by some dissociative tools, which does include, um, imaginative escape routes to, um, fantastical and different realities, then I don't think we can come back to reality. Like what I'd like to think how we could use dissociation and escapism to our advantage is that we can come back to our present time. The only time I can only speak for myself, but the only time that I can be present with the work that I do in organizing in meeting with my clients. And I work with, you know, I work with human rights defenders and clients of color from different parts of the world. And so my, Petite and very tired body um, is absorbing trauma and and so many different from different from people from all walks of life in different parts of the West and also the global South. So it is necessary, at least for me, to to nurture my love of cinema. <laughs> you know, like I need to have. At least two hours of just reading a book here in my home or at a coffee shop to have an escape, and it also um, nurtures my imagination. Because if I were so, um, if if the status quo and the ideas of the status quo were to saturate my brain waves, then how on earth will I see, or know, or imagine? again, like an alternative, something else, something more, something new, if not for the role of storytelling, myths and fantasy, then it would be hard to envision a world that could be. So um, so yeah, so those two things, like I'm mindful of how the capitalist project affects the way that we uh, inferiorize, devalue imagination, and what imagination can do in our work and solidarity work in our relationships in co-building, co-creating, again, like a world that could be, or a world that was before um these capitalist colonial institutions um in ancient times, so I think that um, yeah, we ought to contend with these themes that have been so so ingrained in our being.
0: Yeah. And what I'm really hearing is like one of the underlying threads um, of our conversation here today, at least is um, that it's worth questioning what might otherwise have been pathologized or deemed distractions or deemed negative, whether they're experiences or feelings of, um, being disoriented or things that are discomforting or dissociative or um, even, for example, practices that might um, bring forth some sort of negative experience, like seeing that as something that is inherently bad and unwelcomed rather than something that could still ultimately be enriching in some way. But we are nearing the end of our time together here. Um, Anissa, I would love for you to share anything else on your mind you have about Alchemize or anything we talked about today, and then we'll let Gabes have the
2: closing and last words. I guess the question (laughs) that I have might open up a whole can of worms that we probably don't have time for, but um, one thing about this program is we, we really don't want to frame it as one of... Or like reaching any specific outcome, um, but also like one that calls us to maybe question even our notions of what, um, quote unquote healing is. And, um, for me personally, I, I've really come to, um, journey with healing as more of a, um, a, a process and a, a praxis, um, rather than just this kind of exclusive, um, Instrumental tool that kind of reinforces, um, or can often reinforce, um, the ways that we tend to our wounds, um, our individual wounds, our our collective um, and societal wounds. Um, but yeah, Gabe's. I'm I'm also wondering what your thoughts are on this, where in um, I guess predominantly cultures that are you know have been shaped by um, colonial Modernity, um, systems where like so many of or the systems themselves are really unwell. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking to, uh, beautiful Sophie Strand's work and, and words where she says, you know, maybe healing is outside of me. And, um, if we can reframe or reconstruct wellness as not merely just addressing you know the symptoms of these wider paradigms, um, or even on a, an individual or group level, but really as a practice of tending to, or even hospicing, um, some of the mess that is that is here now, and how we can find um, relationality within that, um, and and the the kind of radical practice of caring for. And uh, relating to, um, yeah, our, our bodies and our, our wider ecological bodies are more than human bodies.
1: <laughs> Whew, a lot there.
2: <laughs> it's a lot. We we'll don't have to go all the way in. <laughs> it's
1: yummy. It's yummy. <laughs> it's, it's good. Um, mm, yeah, I mean... I guess I'm just going to feel feel everything that you just said and feel everything that came up for me as you were um, sharing all that, what healing means. Um, I'm just so aware of how, yeah, we ought to de-pedestalize institutions and even de-institutionalize our practices of healing. Like, sure, we can experience healing in certain aspects of the industry and even communities within the industry. But um, healing in and of itself um, transcends and even contradicts a lot of the um, ideas and infrastructures of the institution, which is still under um, the colonial project and um, colonial motivations that have to do with profiting off of trauma and only seeking the diagnosis or the manifestations of the root of the wounding instead of tending the wound itself. I'd like to think that um, a Western perspective or practice when it comes to healing folk over focuses on the symptom, but a more anti-colonial or decolonial way of healing is to focus more on the story like the full context as to where and how that wound happened, that that collective wound happened in the first place. And it is a very robust process Mm -hmm. (laughs) to simply undo and uncover Mm -hmm. or um, reckon with how we, you know, share this wounding, even participate in this wounding and just to disproportionate degrees Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like the past few years, we've already been, been doing that. We talk a lot about deconstruction, dismantling. I use the word undoing most of the time. Um, and what I feel like we need more these days is what is it like to reconstruct now? What is it like to rebuild or, or create now more than just um, and more than just uh, stepping away from past loyalties, which are complicit to state violence, etc. what now do we co-create together? Um, what are the community infrastructures, accountability infrastructures that we want to build now? And so what I'm looking forward to Alchemize, and I told both of y'all this like a while ago, is that at a time when we are when we have so many resources and models for what it's like to decolonize, what is it that we're stepping away from? We need more tools and resources on what we could um, be for. Where are the steps forward? And I, I truly believe, and I'm so hopeful, that, that Alchemize is one of those resources, the reconstruction. If not this system what are the natural systems that we are to return to and what can we reinvent? What can we uh, co-create or recreate or transmute together this time? Um, And, and this will be, and and it sounds so great. (laughs) You know, I, it sounds like a great um, selling point, like new things and all that, but I want to, Recognize, too, that while it can be so lovely and so energizing, that there will be parts of it that will also be, you know, they will be growing pains, like, just as growth really is. Like, there will be some agitation and resistance and even, like, um, a tendency to want to go back to what's familiar. But again, like, uh, always returning to community as a as a container, as a place to co-regulate with to keep going. And it doesn't have to be perfect as long as we keep going. But it's important to not romanticize it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for me at least, it's the, it's the way forward.